Hey guys, welcome back to <coughs> another episode of the Revealed Thine Truth podcast. Notably on Instagram at Our Thine Truth Show. Do go over there and give us a follow. But in today's episode, we will be discussing two two cases. One is Mary Rogers, and the other is the disappearance of Paige Renikoski. But before we jump right in, I want to say there's an a podcast update. <coughs> we are now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Radio Public. And we are on, and we will be on other platforms in the upcoming days and weeks. So be sure to check out us on those platforms. But anyway, let's get <coughs> right into it. These uh, will be fairly, fairly quick. But hopefully you will enjoy them find them fascinating so let's get into it right early life mary rogers was probably born in 1820 in lyme connecticut though her birth records have not survived she was a beautiful young woman who grew up as the only child of her widowed mother at the age of 20 mary lived in the boarding house that was run by her mother. Although it was her amazing beauty that made her the talk of the neighbourhood, her father, James Rogers, died in a steamboat explosion when she was 17. And she took a job as a clerk in a tobacco shop owned by John Anderson in New York City. Anderson paid her a generous wage in part because her physical attractiveness brought in many customers. One customer wrote that he spent an entire afternoon at the store only to exchange teasing glances with her. Another admirer published a poem in the New York Herald referring to her heaven-like smile and her star-like eyes. Some of her customers included notable literary figures James Fenimore Cooper, Washington Irving and Fitz Fitz Green Halleck. (coughs) So she was a a very young woman of clear outstanding beauty but obviously you know she probably she probably didn't want to be known for her outstanding beauty but that's what drew in the customers unfortunately the first disappearance on October 5th 1838 the newspaper The Sun reported that Miss Mary Cecilia Rogers had disappeared from her home her mother Phoebe said she found a suicide note which the local coroner analysed and said revealed a fixed and 
unalterable determination to destroy herself. The next day, however, the Times and Commercial Intelligence reported that the disappearance was a hoax and that Rogers only went to visit a friend in Brooklyn. The Sun had previously published a story known as the Great Moon Hoax in 1835, causing controversy. Some suggested this return was actually the hoax, evidenced by Rogers' failure to return to work immediately. When she finally resumed working at the tobacco shop, one newspaper suggested the whole event was a publicity stunt managed by Anderson. So that was the first disappearance. Now we move on to the murder. On July 25th, 1841, Rogers told her fiancé, Daniel Payne, <clears throat> that she would be visiting her aunt and other family members. Three days later, and on July 28th, the police found her corpse floating in the Hudson River in Hoboken, New Jersey. Referred to as the beautiful cigar girl, the mystery of her death was sensationalised by newspapers and received national attention. The details of the case suggested she was murdered, murdered or dumped by abortionist Madame Restel after a failed procedure. Months later, the inquest still ongoing, her grief-stricken fiancé, Daniel Payne, committed suicide by overdosing on laudanum during a bout of heavy drinking. A remorseful note was found among the papers on his person where he died near Sibyl's Cave on October 7th, 1841. Reading, To the world, here I am on the very spot. May God forgive me for my misspent life. The story, much publicised by the press, also emphasised the ineptitude and corruption of the city's watchmen system of law enforcement. At the time, New York City's population of 320,000 was served by an archaic force consisting of one night's watch, 100 city marshals, 31 constables and 51 police officers. The popular theory was that Rogers was a victim of gang violence. In November 1842, Frederica Loss came forward and swore that Rogers' death was the result of a failed abortion attempt. Police refused to believe her story, and the case remained unsolved. Interest in the story waned nine weeks later when the press began publicising a different unrelated murder case that of John C. Colt's murder of Samuel Adams. <coughs> in fiction, Rogers' story was fictionalised most notably by Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe as the mystery of 
Marie Roger. 1842. The action of the story was relocated to Paris and the victim's body found in the river, Singh. Poe presented the story as a sequel to the, to the murders in the Rue Morgue, 1841, commonly considered the first modern detective story, and included its main character, C. Auguste Dupin, as Poe wrote in a letter, under the pretense of showing how Dupin unravelled the mystery of Marie's assassination, I, in fact, enter into a very rigorous analysis of the real tragedy in New York. In the story, Dupin suggests several possible solutions, but never actually names the murderer. So... In this book, Edgar Allan Poe, he actually used real notes from the actual case in the book. So that was Mary Mary Rogers. (coughs) Now we're going to move on to the disappearance of Paige. So, Paige Marie Renkowski, born February 2nd, 1960, is a woman from Okemos, Michigan, who disappeared on May 24th, 1990. She was last seen talking to a man on the shoulder of Interstate 96, near Fowlerville, Michigan. Her her disappearance is one of Michigan's longest-running cold cases. (coughs) So, disappearance. Bear with me one minute. I hope everyone is doing well, by the way. I hope everyone is staying safe, taking precautions. <coughs> I know it's a difficult time, so you know, do bear in mind. So do know that if you ever need help, and or you are struggling with mental health or any problems, you do that. Please do ring up your local mental health mental health services for help. Or someone to talk to. <clears throat> but <clears throat> at around eleven thirty AM on May twenty fourth, nineteen ninety, Paige Renkowski drove her mother to Detroit Metropolitan Airport and then visited a friend in Canton, Michigan. She was seen between two thirty PM and two forty five PM at a store that had since closed down. West of Interstate 275 in Canton, where she bought a beer that was later found in her car, the store clerk remembered seeing Renkowski because she was wearing distinctive multicoloured, loose-fitting, flower-patterned 
patterned pants and a distinctive necklace. When Kowski was last seen on the shoulder of Interstate 96 near Folderville, talking to a man who was standing next to a maroon-coloured minivan. Hours later, the 1986 Oldsmobile Cutlass Calais she had been driving was found still idling with her shoes and purse inside. Many people claimed to have seen Renkowski driving west on I-96. One was a woman who said she might have seen her at a rest stop kiosk. Others include two long-haul truck drivers who reported seeing an attractive blonde matching Renkowski's description and may have passed her when she was driving her vehicle on I-96. When Kosky was last seen wearing a white silk shirt with a long beaded necklace and silk patterned sacks. In his book, Death of a Model, which is about the death of a different young woman, investigative journalist and true crime author Clifford L. Landecker discusses Renkowski's baffling disappearance, describing her as a statuesque, five foot seven inch blue-eyed blonde with a model's figure. Investigation Investigators found Renkowski's Oldsmobile, but it was not processed as a crime scene because at that time it was considered by the responding officer to be an abandoned vehicle. <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I wouldn't call that an abandoned vehicle. I would still call that a crime scene, but that's me. The car was undamaged and the door was unlocked. The vehicle was later towed. Someone had reported seeing Renkowski near her car at about 3pm, and officers had not report responded to the scene until after 6pm. So there's a bit of a discrepancy there. So that seems a little bit fishy to me. They then had learned that Renkowski was in fact missing and the car was not abandoned. When examining the vehicle, the police found several fingerprints and palm prints, but a match has yet to be identified on any law enforcement databases. <clears throat> in May 2011, authorities began searching a pond in Handy Township using ground-penetrating radar. A woman reported seeing a pair of cement-covered boots there around the time of Renkowski's disappearance. In November 2011, the FBI, state and local police began a dig operation in Conway Township in the search of Renkowski's remains. Cadaver dogs identified the, the site a week, a week before the dig started. Investigators went to the property after reviewing a 1999, a 1999 case file which included a hand-drawn map indicating Renkowski's remains were buried there. Aftermath. The police have ruled the case a homicide, even though her body has never been located. 
and no one has been charged in her disappearance or death. Michigan Crime Stoppers is offering a cash reward of up to $2,500 for any information about Winkowski. On June 27th, 1990, workers began erecting billboards featuring Renkowski along Interstate 96. A total of 25 billboard ads were planned. In May 2013, authorities announced that they would be erecting billboards featuring Renkowski and two other missing women. On February 2nd, 2018, a dual memorial service was held for Renkowski and her mother who died in December 2017. So, what do you think? Her, it's like Paige Renkowski, born February 2nd, 1960, in Lansing, Michigan. Disappeared May 24th, 1990, aged 30, westbound on Interstate 96, near Folderville, Michigan. Missing for 29 years, 11 months, and 26 days. Her height is 5 foot 6. Parents Carl Renkowski and Ardis Renkowski. Now, I don't have any way of knowing if the case was ever solved or if her murder was ever captured. But I'm sure if any of you, I'm sure a lot of you have your own opinions and I'd be interested to hear them. You know, if you follow, so, you know, uh, let us know what you think down below if you are listening on anchor you can and you see the little message button you can send us a message of what you think and you know and if you want to i can read your message on the next one if you have a question or best bet is to follow us on instagram at are thine truth show on Instagram so that was the so that was uh, Paige Minkowski now if I just go back to Mary Rogers The stats for Mary Rogers is Mary Cecilia Rogers, 1820, Line, Connecticut, Line, Connecticut, July, died July 28, 1841, aged 21 to 22, in Hoboken, New Jersey, American. Again, if you know, sorry that these two were kind of short, but 
I figured, you know, I'd keep it short, you know. But let me know. Let me know who you who you want me to talk about. Do you know of any unsolved murder cases that I've never heard of? Let me know. And yeah, uh, that will be it. Again, a podcast update. We are on Breaker, Radio Public, Spotify and Google Podcasts, as well as Anchor. If you would like to subscribe to us on any of those platforms, um, give us a like rating if you like it. If you like what we like what we're talking what we're discussing follow us on instagram at our thine truth show and yeah i hope you enjoy the rest of your day evening morning wherever you are in the world i hope you are staying safe taking precautions staying at home I hope you've got a support wherever you need it. So until next time, from the Reveal Thine Truth podcast, see you next time.